Not a history teacher. Who won? The Union. Okay, who won? Has anybody ever heard of the Civil War? Okay, who won? The Union won. You know, I was looking and I found that there were 23 battles fought. And uh, there were three ties or three draws. You know what a draw is, a tie. 23 battles, so three were even. Now, we know the Union won the war. But do you know how many battles they lost? They lost ten. So the Confederates won ten battles. The Union won ten battles. So that would mean the Union lost how many? So the Union lost ten battles, but they won the war. So is it possible to lose some battles along the way in life and still win the war in the end? And that's the point of this message is that, and this is probably true of just about every major war that you want to study, even on back into the Bible and into the, in, into the Israelites as they fought and whatnot. They didn't necessarily, one, one side didn't necessarily win all the battles, but ultimately they would win the war. You know, it's nice if we could win all the battles, because if you win all the battles along the way in life, you're certainly going to win the war. Is that right? But I haven't met one person yet. I'm 53 years old. I haven't met one person yet that has won every battle that they faced in life. They won some of them, but they've also lost some. But yet I've seen... People lose battles along the way, yet win the war. Folks, it's not about winning every battle. We'd all like to win every battle. But we may not win every battle, just like the, 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 the Union. They didn't win every battle, but they won the war. And it's about winning the war. Can you say amen? I'm talking about life here. Something that we all experience. You know, we as Christians fight many battles. If you look at 1 Timothy 6.12, did I get my point across to you about the Civil War and battles? Very simple lesson there is you, you're going to fight battles. You win some, you're probably going to lose some. But you can lose some battles, you can still win the war. Notice here, we as Christians must fight battles. What does the Apostle Paul say in 1 Timothy 6.12? He says, fight the what? The good fight of faith. So we are in a fight here, down here on the earth. Is that right? As Christians? Fight. And he says the good fight. Now, a good fight. Now, I haven't been in too many fights in my life. Certainly not since I've been an adult. I got into a couple when I was a kid. Just just a couple. But but a good fight is a fight that you win. Is that right? Is that right? And so he says fight the good fight of faith. Now, look at Ephesians 6 verse 12. Ephesians 6 verse 12, some of you thought you might be getting just a history lesson here today. No, we're in the Bible. Say amen. All right. I just use that little civil war thing to springboard us here into the word of God. Look at Ephesians 6 12. The apostle Paul says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now that's something good to remember. 
Now, now we, are, we are fighting a fight down here on the earth. We are wrestling, so to speak. But we're not warring or fighting or wrestling against flesh and blood. We need to remember that we're not fighting against other human beings. And we're certainly not fighting against Christians. Certainly. Shouldn't be. But against who? Principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. How many of you know there is a devil out there? Isn't there? And there are demons and, 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 and they're trying to destroy us and, and, and kill us and so on and so forth. So we are in a, a, a struggle against them. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Isn't it good to know that there is an armor of God? There's an armory of God. Now, I'm not going to teach on that this morning. I have taught on that many times over the years. But there is an armory of God that we should all be clothed with. But why should we take up the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day? How many of you know the days are evil, aren't they? And seemingly getting worse out there in the world now I'm talking about. Now we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Since we're in the world, we're in a fight, we're in a wrestling match. And then he says here, and having done all to stand, stand. So we have to take a stand, don't we? And notice 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. We read what the Apostle Paul wrote. But look at what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. He says, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, who? Who's the adversary? The devil walks about like a what? Roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he can't devour Anybody who won't give him permission to do so. He goes like a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. I want to be somebody he can't devour. How about you? And then the Bible says, resist him. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same... Now, this will help you too. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. One thing... Let me just throw this in. One thing you need to know is the things you're going through in your life... You're not the only one that's ever gone through those things. There's other people going through those things. There's other people that have gone through those things. There's other people that will go through those things. The things you're going through, no matter what they are, you need to realize this. There have been people that have beaten those things. You need to understand that. And there have been people that have not beaten those things. Now, now I want you to be somebody that beats whatever it is that's coming against you. I want you to, I want you to win. But yet, you need to also realize that, that though you might have lost some battles in the past, and though you, you may lose some battles in the future, you can still ultimately, in Christ, win the war. And it's about not winning all the battles, but what's it about? Winning the what? Winning the war. Did you get that? Now, notice in Second Chronicles, over in the Old Testament, the 20th chapter... You need also realize this, that there are some battles, real loud say some battles, that there, there are some battles you don't have to fight in at all. The Lord will do it all for you. There's some. But now, a misconception that has been, has been 
taught over the years, and I, I, I've heard it, and I've been guilty of saying it to people and, and, and it, over the years, and the Lord's corrected me on it, is that, you know, have you ever heard somebody say, well, you don't have to fight in the battle, just stand still, the Lord will he'll do it for you. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Well, that's true sometimes. Sometimes. See, here, here the, the armies of Israel... You know, they fought a lot of wars. Now, God was with them. The Lord was with them, all right. Don't misunderstand me. But how many of you know, if you study the Old Testament, the Israelites, they fought in a lot of battles, didn't they? I mean, there was one battle going on where, where if I'm not mistaken, the Lord caused the earth to stop rotating or the sun to stop or whatever, so they'd have more time to fight. Is that right? So, so the Israelites, they, they did fight in battles. But in some battles, notice here in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17, the enemy had come against Jehoshaphat, the the godly king. And notice what the Spirit of God said here in verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Didn't mean they didn't have to fight in other battles, and the Lord was with them. But in this battle, they didn't have to fight. But it's not correct to say that we don't ever have to fight in any battles because we just read. We just read we're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. We just read that we're wrestling against uh, against not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. We, we read that we're supposed to be sober and vigilant because the adversary, the devil's going around. We read where we're supposed to resist him. Steadfast. I mean, and the Lord stands with us, but there's some fights we have to fight. You need to understand that. And there's some we don't. Well, how do you know when to fight and when not? You have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. But in this particular situation, see, the Holy Spirit came on, I think it was Jehaziel, the Spirit of God came on him and he prophesied, and he said, you'll not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. And, and he said, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Notice verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, now I've learned this, and no matter what battle you're fighting, you better be a person of thanksgiving and praise and worship to God. I, I just do that, no matter what. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments or ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, bounced here and so on, against the enemy who had come against Judah, and the enemy was defeated. Now, can you say amen to that? So, so what am I trying to get across to you? That we're all going to go through battles here in this life. And some battles, a lot of them we have to fight in. The Lord stands by our side. He's in us. He's with us. He helps us. There are some times, I know I've faced a few things over the years where I was getting ready to do battle. Now, how many of you know your flesh will want to battle against other flesh and other people? So you've got to keep the flesh under, but there's been some... Yes, amen. There's been some times where I've been ready to do war, do battle, and, and, and the Lord directed me on the inside, don't do anything. And people ask me, Pastor Terry, what are you going to do? Nothing. They say, you're going to do nothing? They're going to do nothing. Except just be thankful and praise God. And, and, and you come out on the victory side. But there's been other times where I've, I've wanted to do nothing and nothing was happening. And I was losing and going down and going backward. And, and, and so you have to realize there's times you do have to stand up in the armory of God, in the word of God, and fight the good fight of faith. Can you say amen? amen. And you just have to be sensitive when, 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 when you're supposed to do that and when not. But I want to just say this again and again. 
you may not win every battle here in this life, but it's not about winning every single battle. What's it about? Winning the winning the war. Now, when I think about fighting battles, I think about the Apostle Paul. Does anybody know who the Apostle Paul is? God used him to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. And when I think about fighting battles, he comes to mind. And, you know, I think about his victories. I think about his victories. You know, Jesus appeared to him when he was a mean, old, nasty, rotten sinner, killing Christians as Saul of Tarsus. And Jesus appeared to him, and he got saved. Isn't that wonderful? And turned him into the Apostle Paul. And then Jesus called him a chosen vessel of God. How many would like to be a chosen vessel of God? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, that's, a, that's something you could get up and talk about and rejoice in for a long time, couldn't you? And, and then I remember when, when Paul went out on his first missionary journey. And he went to that certain island there. And this sorcerer, this, this sorcerer rose up against him. And Paul called down a, a, a blindness on the guy. And the guy went around. Somebody had to, had to take the sorcerer around and hold him by the hand. Wouldn't that be pretty cool if when you get in a wrestling match, you know, you just call darkness down on your opponent? I mean, you could, you could get up and, and, and rejoice in that. That's a great victory, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, sure. And then God did unusual healing miracles through his hands. That's a good deal, isn't it? You could rejoice about that. And then Paul cast out demons. And, and in one case, the demon said, Jesus I know and Paul I know. Wouldn't that be cool if the demons cried out and said they, they know who Terry Sheel is? Wouldn't that be something? How many know Steve Shulick? Does anybody know Steve Shulick? He told me, and me and my wife, we were having dinner with him and his wife some weeks ago. And, and he would go into this certain village and, and teach the word of God in, in some foreign land, wherever it is he's at. And uh, he would make a circuit. And uh, he hadn't been to this one certain place for a while. And he was heading back over there. And uh, the, the pastor of this this uh this this church in this certain village, he was up teaching, and uh, uh, nobody really really knew that Steve was coming. He was just going to make his his trip over there, and 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 the pastor was there teaching. There was somebody that came to the church that was demon possessed. They just happened to come there that day, and Steve told me he said, and my wife will verify ver, ver, verify that that this person spoke out in a real demonic type voice and said, "Yeah, that Steve Shulick, he's going to be coming here soon to teach the word of God." Well, you know, I think that'd be pretty cool if the devil called your name out and was afraid of you, don't you? Now you don't have to believe that, but it is in the Bible that that the demons knew who Paul was. Is that right? That's a it's a great victory. We could rejoice all day over that. And then, of course, Paul was in prison. Remember that? He was praising God in the midnight hour. Is that right? And, and there was an earthquake and, and everyone's chains were loosed and those people got saved and the church in Philippi was started. How many know that's a cool, that's a victory story, isn't it? And then that time that snake bit him. And remember, what did he do? He just shook it off in the fire. That's a, that's a victory, isn't it? That's a battle he won. Everybody was expecting him to fall down dead, but he didn't. He was fine. And then there's one place he was caught up to heaven. That's pretty cool, don't you think? He won multitudes to Christ. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament at the direction of the Holy Spirit. A lot of victory things that Paul has. But one thing we do need to say, do you remember when I just said a moment ago he was caught up into, into heaven and to the throne of God and so on? How many remembers that? 
Most theologians believe that that took place there in Lystra or Derby, one of those cities there where they beat the living tar out of him and he was left for dead. See, now a lot of people don't want to talk about that side of it. You see, in life, we have to be watchful that we don't just look at all the victories, but we need to realize that there are some battles that don't go so good. Yeah, the Apostle Paul was caught up to the third heaven. First heaven is the atmosphere, you know. Second one is where Captain Kirk and Picard is, you know, flying around. I say that, but people don't get get it. But that's your problem. And then, and then, and then the third heaven is where the throne of God is, and that's where he was caught up. But he remember he saw things that he couldn't express. But if you go back, most theologians will tell you they're in Lystra or Derby there in, on that one missionary journey. It's where they beat the tar out of him. How many remembers that? And they drug him out of town, left him for dead, and his spirit apparently left his body. He went up into, the, in, into heaven, you see. You understand? So, oh, Paul went up to the third heaven. Yeah, yeah, he did. He went up to the throne of God, went up to saw paradise, you know. But, 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 but he, he had the tar beat out of him, too. Look at 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23 in the New Living Translation. If you don't have that translation, it will be on this screen. I usually use the New King James, but there are several good ones. New Living is, is pretty good. It's up on the screen there. I'm going to pick up in, in, midway in that verse. He says this, Paul. I just read some of his victories. He says, I've worked harder. He said, I've been put in prison more often. Think of that. I've been whipped times without number. Think of that. So he had some battles that didn't go so good, huh? He faced death. He said, I faced death again and again. One time, one time they killed him. But he didn't stay dead. He got up and went on. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. That's 195 if you do the math. That's a lot of times to be whipped, isn't it? Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And that's when apparently he died and then was caught to the, up to heaven. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I faced dangers from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the city, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers and are not. I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And then besides all this, I have daily burden of the concern for the churches. You see, his life wasn't all a bed of roses. He had a lot of victories. He had some, some battles that didn't go so good. Look at Galatians 6.17. Look at Galatians 6.17, New Living Translation. I'll pick up midway through the verse. Notice what this man says. Notice what Paul says. He says, I bear on my body the what? The scars that show I belong to Jesus. This man got beat up a lot. If you were to see the Apostle Paul, he'd be all beat up and scarred up. Why? Because they beat him up. Why? Because he told people about Jesus. 
You see, things didn't always go good for him. But yet he had a lot of victories. He had some things that we would call defeats. But remember, it's not about winning every battle. We'd like to win every battle, but it's not about winning every battle. What's it about? Winning the war. It's about finishing well. And notice in Romans 8.35, Romans 8.35, this is New King James Version. Let's look at Paul's attitude in battle. Romans 8.35, he says this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Our distress? No. Persecution? I'm putting a nose in there. No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. Our sword? No. As it is written, for your sake, for, for the Lord's sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. See, here in the United States, we have very little persecution compared to what a lot of Christians go through in the, in the world. Notice what he says in verse 37. Yet in all these things, we are what? How many of you know it would be a good deal just to be a conqueror? But he says we're what? More than conquerors. Through him, through Jesus, who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. See, those principalities and powers, he said earlier, we were warned against them. He said, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a good attitude to have in any battle. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.8, just a little more on his attitude here. I really like these next verses. 2 Corinthians, I like them all, but look at here, 2 Corinthians 4.8, this is in the NIV. He says this, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. I like that. Perplexed, has anybody ever been perplexed besides me? He said perplexed, but not in despair. He said, persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Glory to God. We, if you're going to win the war, you're going to have to have that attitude even when you're losing some battles. Did you hear what I just said? I said, I said if you're going to ultimately win the war, you're going to have to have this kind of an attitude even if you're going through some battles that aren't, that aren't looking so good. Hard-pressed on every side, not crushed. Perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, not abandoned. Struck down, not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. Think of that. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Well, what did he just say there? Maybe some battles you're going to not go so good, but others you will. But ultimately, glory to God, let Jesus be preached. Amen. Notice 2 Timothy 4, 6. Um, we're looking at Paul here, the warrior. He was a warrior. He'd have to be to do the things he, he did. And notice this is right before he was martyred. He was an old man. He'd finished his course right before he was, was beheaded. Now, you need to understand this. They couldn't kill him until he was ready to go. You need to understand that. They tried to kill him again and again and again. But uh, Paul didn't, did not die until he, he, he decided to die a martyr's death to bring glory to God. And he was an old man. You need to understand that. 
Because he called himself Paul the Aged at one place. And notice what he says here in 2 Timothy 4, 6. He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering in the time of my departures at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. Isn't that wonderful? See, what did he just tell us there? He told us that he won the war. Amen. In Christ, he won the war. See, if we're in Christ, we're going to win the war. If we're in Christ, we've already won the war. Now we, now, we may win some battles along the way, and some battles may not go so good. But ultimately, if we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we win the war. Amen? Amen? And then he says, be diligent to come to me quickly. He's writing to Timothy, verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas worked right side of him for a long time, but then he forsook him, having loved this present world. Have you ever had anybody forsake you? Have you ever had anybody forsake you when the going was rough? And you really needed them there. If you ever needed them, you needed them then. And then things got tough and they walked out on you. Well, join the club. You're in a good club. That happened to Paul. He'd be a good club to be in. Is that right? And then he says he's departed for Thessalonica. And then he says, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful to me for ministry. And Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak that I left at Carpus to at Troas when you come. And the books, especially the parchments. And, and, and those are all important verses. But look at verse 14. Then he says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You see that? May the Lord repay him according to his works. Now, I think it's interesting that you look at this because the Apostle Paul was just as human as you or I. You say amen? I said he's just as human as you or I. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Have you ever had anybody do you harm? May the Lord repay him according to his works. Now, it's interesting. He, Paul wasn't going to repay him because Paul realized we don't wrestle against. But he said, may the Lord repay him. Whew. Now, that's going to be important because I want to point something out to you. Now, look at verse 15. You also must beware of him for he has greatly resisted our words. From that statement, verse 15, would it appear as though Alexander knew what he was doing and he was coming against Paul and, and, and the gospel on purpose. Looks like it to me. But then notice at verse 16. At my first defense no one stood with me. But all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. Now it looks like the apostle has a different attitude. Do you know there are some people. That will come against you. And they don't even know why they're doing it. They don't have a clue. Remember Jesus said forgive them for they what? No, not what that. You've got to realize this. There's sometimes folks come against you. They don't have a clue why they're doing it. Did you know it's possible to yield to the, to the devil and not even know you're doing it? I, I've watched Christians yield to the devil for years. They didn't even know, didn't even know they was doing it. They're just gossiping or they're just spreading tales or talking bad about somebody. or this, They don't, they, bless their hearts, they don't even know what they're doing. 
But this Alexander, he knew full well what he was doing. And I'm convinced that's why the Apostle Paul said about Alexander, may the Lord repay him according to his works, because he knew what he was doing. Full well, on purpose, knew what he was doing. But these other people, I don't think they had a clue. You know, some folks just don't even have a clue. May it not be charged against them. Well, I just threw that in there. That's a little extra. That'll help you as much as anything. I've had to learn this. Sometimes, you know, you want to get mad at somebody because they're coming against you and they don't even know what they're doing. They're just, the, the devil's influenced them somehow or another. Say, so may, may, may it not be charged against them. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I've had a time or two where people have come against me, you know, that, you know, and I did nothing wrong to them, you know, and they're just, just, and they, well, just a couple of times over the years. And then, well, I'll just join the Apostle Paul. May the Lord repay them according to their works, you know. Let God take care of it. I'll teach you something right now about battle. You want to know something about battle? Jesus said when they, what do you do? You. And I, when I first heard that, I thought, Lord, you want me to be a punching bag for the world. And, and it took some time, but the Lord got it through to me. See, if, if somebody whacks me one, and I put up my boxing gloves, the Lord takes his off and goes sits down. But if somebody, and I turn the other cheek and put the gloves down, guess who comes over and picks the gloves up? The Lord. And my opponent doesn't want anything to do with the Lord. You know what I mean? And the Lord will get in there and start fighting. And if the Lord gets in there, the first thing he'll try to do is get that person saved. Which is what I'd want. Let me tell you what, you come against the people of God, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, eventually the Lord's going to level you. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. There is that side of the Lord. You don't want to go picking on God's kids. There's some little children in here right now, and I'm glad they're in here hearing the Word of God. And I tell you what, if somebody came up, you parents, and started picking on your kids, you try to operate in love toward them, but if they kept picking on your kids, what are you going to do eventually? Huh? Is that right? And, and there'd be nothing wrong with that. Do you understand? We need to walk in love, but my wife's sitting up here on the front row. If you come up and start pushing her around, I'm going to walk in love to you as long as I can. But there comes a point, if you're not going to listen, I'm going to flat level you. And i got scripture to back it up. Is that right? I'm going to turn my cheek and turn my cheek. But you start trying to hurt my wife, I'm going to do you some harm. And I'm not even going to have to ask for forgiveness because the Lord wouldn't want me to let anybody hurt my wife. Is that right? We're talking about battles. You okay? Notice verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Well, that's good to know in any battle. The Lord will stand with you and strengthen you. There's some people in here need to hear that. I don't care what you're going through. The Lord will what? Stand with you and strengthen you so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, he said, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now, some theologians think that he was talking about the devil there and demonic power. Other people say that he was one of those that got thrown in to, in to get fed to the lions and the Lord delivered him. In, in either case, the Lord delivered him. Can you say amen to that? 
And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So you see, Paul, he won a lot of battles. He, he lost some battles. But ultimately, did he win the war? He won the war. You know, in closing this year, I just want to say a few things. You know, I could go and talk about Daniel. And I could preach lion, that you could be lion-proof. How many of you know Daniel spent the night with the lions? And, but yet he did get thrown in, didn't he? The Hebrew children. I could go to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and I could preach being fireproof. But they did get thrown in the fire, didn't they? I could go to Psalm 91 and I can preach bulletproof. But yet the arrows are flying out there, aren't they? So how do you balance it all out? I balance it out with this scripture from Psalms. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but what? The Lord does what? Delivers them out of them all. And I like what the Apostle Paul said. We we won't turn to it for the sake of time. But he said this to Timothy. He said, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured. And out of all of them, the Lord what? Delivered me. Yes, and all who will desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Listen, we're not exempted from battles down here. And, 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 and I believe there is, a, there is a place you can get and you can walk in faith and fight the good fight of faith. And, and, and you get thrown in with the lions just like Daniel and the angel will come and shut the lion's mouth. And I believe that, that we can walk with the Lord and, 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 and you get thrown into the fire and, and you can come out on the other side not even smelling the smoke like the Hebrew children did. And I believe that a thousand can fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand and not come nigh you. I believe that. I, I believe that. But also know the devil's a creep. And I tell you what, if he does slip a shot in on you, you know what you do? You don't stay down. The Bible says, though a righteous man gets knocked down seven times, he keeps getting back up. Glory to God. And I've learned this. You can discourage your enemy. You really can. You can discourage the devil. I know. I used to watch the wrestling matches on television. My grandma thought they were real. Now, I could never convince her otherwise. But be that as it may, what discourages uh, somebody when you knock some, like when one of them gets knocked down and gets knocked down and gets knocked down and they just keep getting back up? And you give your opponent the best shot that you got, and they just keep getting back up. You can discourage the devil. Can you say amen? You can, you can, you can discourage him. You know, we could go on and on with this, but like David. Has anybody ever heard of King David? He was a giant killer. He won many battles, the sweet psalmist of Israel, a man after God's own heart. Yet there was a time where his headquarters got burned. His wife and children were, 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 were kidnapped. And many of his own men wanted to stone him. And he cried where he didn't have any more tears to cry. He sinned. He committed murder and adultery. His family was a mess. His child fell ill. I'm talking about David. Remember that? And he fasted and prayed for seven days and the child died. Well, he lost that battle. But you know what? He said this. He said, he said, he can't come to me, the child that died. He can't come to me, but, but I can go to him. Well, he may have lost that battle, but ultimately he wins the war. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Unless you've ever lost a child, you, you don't, can't have a clue what I'm talking about. But I know this. 
that you may lose a child and you may, you may have lost that battle. But I tell you what, if, if you know Jesus Christ, you'll get to go to be with that child one day and then you'll say war won, praise God. Did you hear what I just said? You know, John the Baptist, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He said that Jesus, He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And He baptized Jesus in the River Jordan. What, what wonderful, what wonderful things that that man got to experience. But he also wound up in prison. And he also died a martyr's death when they cut off his head and brought it on a silver charger, whatever it was, to... But before they cut his head off, think of this. The same man that said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He, he, he sends people to Jesus and he says, go ask him, is he the one or do we look for another? Have you ever been in a battle and you got low? Has anybody ever been in a battle and got low besides me? John the Baptist, that same one that had that preaching anointing and behold the Lamb of God and all of that. In prison, he... Is he the one or do we look for another? And word came back that Jesus sent word back, you know, tell him that this is happening, this miracle is happening, that miracle is happening. And, and, and he knew that Jesus was the one. Yet he died that martyr's death. And Jesus, the only person that Jesus ever eulogized. You know what a eulogy is. When they talk about you at your funeral, he's the only one. How many of you think it would be cool to be eulogized by Jesus? And he said John was what? The greatest prophet that's ever born of a woman. What am I saying? John fought some battles. He won some. He lost some. But ultimately, he's with the Lord. And that's war one. Can you say amen? I can stand up here and I can, I can preach to you and tell you stories and, and I could preach one side of my life and I could preach where when I got done, you'd think that I was just, the, just ne- never, ever, never anything ever went wrong. But that would only be about half the story. I can get on the other side and I can tell you things that happened to my wife and I. That by the time I got done you'd all be sitting there crying and weeping. We need to realize that in this life we've got victories. And we like to win all the time. I don't know about you but I like to win all the time. If you don't there's something wrong with you. I even like to beat my wife at crazy rummy. I, I just, just win every game. But I haven't met anybody yet that wins every time. There's wins. There's losses. But what about the war? You know, Bobby Jones, the great golfer, one of the greatest golfers of all time, he said this, I never learned much from my victories. But a lot from my defeats. Think about that. Chew on that son. Did you know in Major League Baseball, some of the leading home run hitters are also the leaders in strikeouts. Abraham Lincoln, considered to be the greatest president of all time probably. Except by Mr. Trump. Well, I guess he would. Uh, let's don't get into that. Abraham Lincoln lost, listen to me, Abraham Lincoln, can I, I can be funny once in a while, can Abraham Lincoln lost many times before he became the president. And you know when he was on the fields of Gettysburg, 
Remember when he gave the Gettysburg Address? I studied the presidents out some years ago, and I found out that Abraham Lincoln got saved at Gettysburg. Tying it back into how I started this message with the Civil War. You know what? Abraham Lincoln may have lost some political battles. He may go down as the greatest president of all time. But I'll tell you this. He won the war when he accepted Jesus as his Savior. Did you hear me? The Union may well have won, but for Lincoln, he won the war when he accepted Jesus. And it's the same for each of us. I want you real quick, I don't want to go too much longer, but go to Luke 16. I want, you, I want to close with this. I'm going to read this in the King James because I want to show you a person that won all their battles but lost the war. Wouldn't that be horrible to win all the battles? You say, is that possible you can win all the battles and lose the war? In one thing you can, and let me show you. Luke 16, verse 19, Jesus said there was a certain rich man. Now remember, there's nothing wrong with having money. It's wrong when money has you. He said there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously. How often? Did Jesus, now when Jesus said every day, did he mean every day? So this man fared sumptuously how often? So I can only conclude from that that every day he won his battles. Had plenty of money, plenty of food, plenty of clothes, wonderful house, all of that. Everything, every day. And there's a certain beggar named Lazarus, laid his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dog came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, or, or paradise. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes. Here's a man who won all of his battles, but right there he lost the what? In hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, seeth Abraham far off, Lazarus in his bosom, and cried, said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and said Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, when I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received the good things, likewise Lazarus, the evil things. Now he's comforted, thou art tormented. And you get right down to it. The reason this man went to hell is because he didn't have time for Moses and the prophets, if you read on down further. And who did Moses and the prophets preach? Jesus. Did this man win all of his battles? Yes, he did. But did he lose the war? Yeah, he did because he didn't have time for Jesus and he went to hell. Isn't that sad? You know, and if you think about our Lord Jesus himself, he had a powerful ministry, didn't he? And as I see Jesus going around about, I see him winning battle after battle after battle after battle after battle after battle after battle. He won, he won, he won, he won, he won. But you know, through the midst of all of his winning and the miracles and all the great powerful things that he did, raising people from the dead, cleansing the lepers, the blind, seeing the deaf ears popping open and the demons being cast out and the dead being raised and all of that, in the midst of all of that, he was persecuted on every side, wasn't he? He was rejected by just about everybody, wasn't he? And he hung on the cross what looked like a defeat. But thank God the third day came and the stone was rolled away and he walked out of the tomb. War won. Can you say amen? And in John 16.33, it will be on the screen. These, and this, take this if you don't get anything else. Take this one right here. These things have I spoken to you, Jesus said, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have what? You will have tribulation. You will have trouble. You'll have battles you're going to fight. But then what does he say? Be of what? Good cheer. I have what? 
So I want to leave you with this word of encouragement. I don't care what you've gone through, what you're going through now, or what you're going to go through. We're in a fight down here. There's battles. And we want to win them all. Jesus will fight some of them for us. Sometimes, a lot of times, we've got to fight them ourselves, but He's in us and He's with us. Can you say amen? Be sensitive as to when you're supposed to get in. You understand, you know. We want to win them all. We want to be bulletproof. We want to be fireproof. We want that. We shoot for that. And when we get that, wonderful. When we win, it's wonderful. We rejoice and give God all the glory. But if the devil slips a shot in on you and he knocks you down, or he, you know, don't give up, don't quit, don't stop. Though he knocks you down, you know why it says seven times? Because seven is number of completion. If you get knocked down completely, in every way there is to get knocked down, you keep getting back up. And you stand up in the name of Jesus, and you continue on with what God's told you to do. And maybe you do lose a battle. Maybe you do lose, lose a... So what? Realize, say, so what? So what? You're not the first one to lose a battle. You won't be the last one to lose a battle. It's not a matter of winning every battle. It's a matter of what? Winning the... And if you're in Christ and you know Him as your Lord and your Savior, you may, you may win some battles, you may lose some battles, but ultimately you have won the war. Did, you, did I make myself clear? Did you get what, what the Spirit of God's saying to you? I tried to encourage you today because we all live in this old world, crazy world down here. Let's all stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, no matter what you do, you're going to ultimately lose the war like we saw with that rich man. So before you leave here today and go out there with his family Sunday, that's why the children are in here. We're going to have some goodies afterwards there, out there in the entryway. Go out there and get some here in a moment. But before you do, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've never received Jesus as your Savior, there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front. The moment I dismiss, if you, if, if you can't...